What's up, fam? So, I'm so tired of the cliche introductions. But then again, if you do not know my name, I am Akambi Abib Oluwadamlari. And welcome to the second episode of my podcast series, History's Most Influential Humans with Damlari Mapa. So, let's not waste any time today because we have a long way to go. On a more serious note though, if you listen to the end of this episode, I bet it will convince you on reasons why you need to learn at least a little about psychology in order to understand your personality and that of those around you and so much more. So without further ado, I am excited to present to you today's history's most influential human, Sigmund Freud. Full name Sigismus Sholomon Freud, born on 6 May 1856. An Austrian neurologist and founder of psychoanalysis. He was born to Jewish parents in the Moravian town of Freiburg in the Austrian Empire. He was the first of eight children. Sigmund was one of the most famous and controversial minds of the 20th century because of his extremely bold theories concerning formulation of human personality, reasons behind religion, the unconscious mind, the interpretation of dreams and so much more in his invented discipline, psychoanalysis, which were all necessary for the curing of mental illnesses, according to him. The history of this dude is so lengthy and kind of wacko, so as long as this episode may seem, it is just a summary of his most controversial theories and beliefs, which made him one of the most influential humans throughout the faculty of humanities. Now, before I go any further, I must warn you that the theories I'm about to tell you is that of a bold, somewhat crazy, reckless, innovative and controversial thinker. So learn from it and don't take it too much to a heart. This man believed that religion was an illusion created for the purpose of self-fulfillment. Imagine. He also said that because his theories had so much criticism, then he was probably saying the truth, even though they were still his own personal opinion. He was said to have made some sense and said a lot of rubbish, probably because he was addicted to smoking for a longer part of his life and also loved and preached the use of cocaine, so much so that he would give it to family members as gifts. So quick question, what comes to your mind when you hear the words conscious and unconscious mind? When you come to think of it, these two words are just English to describe the mind that we are totally aware of, which is the conscious, and the mind we aren't aware of but has extremely powerful impact on our personalities and everyday life, known as the unconscious. Sigmund Freud boldly said that we have three formative parts of our personality, which are driven by unconscious energy, and these parts are in constant struggle to influence our behaviors and decisions. He used three names to describe them. Number one is the id, which is the callous and reckless part of every human being that wants to do things that give them pleasure and satisfaction without concern of the negative consequences. The second is the superego. This is the moral part of the human mind that tries to force you to follow societal rules and tries to suppress the id. The third is the ego. This is the part of the mind that strikes a balance between the id and superego, thus giving you suggestions on how you can both give yourself somewhat pleasure without breaking societal rules and morals. I'm sure these three states of mind sound really familiar. Sigmund Freud described that growing up, we go through five psychosexual stages of development, and in these various stages, there is a constant conflict between the id and superego, as the ego tries to balance the pleasure-seeking id and the moral superego, and the processes and results of these struggles in the five stages are what forms different personalities. 
He also said that if we do not move on properly from one stage to the other, we could get stuck and develop counter-reactive habits known as fixation. Stage 1 is the oral stage, which is said to generally happen between birth to 18 months, where you see small babies sticking almost everything they see into their mouth, maybe because their mothers are constantly giving them breast milk. People stuck in this stage are said to develop oral fixations such as smoking, drinking, loss of control when it comes to eating and so on. Stage 2 is called the anal stage. This stage is said to generally happen between 18 months to 3 years of age, which is the stage when people learn to control their poop. Fred suggested that the anal stage is when people learn that they have control of themselves and can make their own decisions. People stuck in this stage are said to be really slow and sloppy or extremely controlling. Stage 3 is the phallic stage. This stage is said to be between the ages of 3 to 8. But Fred said boys and girls are different in this stage. He said boys went through something called the Oedipus complex, where they think they are competing with their father for their mother's love and affection, and also think their father would castrate them if they continued to compete with them. They then go along with their father in order to learn masculine characters for the purpose of winning a woman's heart someday, just like their father did. If you think this is weird, then wait until you hear what he said about women. He said that at the same age of 3 to 8, females develop something called penis envy. <laughs> you heard me right. Which is a really weird term from a crazy guy. He said that females at this age realize that their father, who is a guy, has something that they don't, which they thought their mother stole from them when they were kids, and they enviously desire it, which makes them usually want to be with their fathers at this age, but in a sexual kind of way. Hmm. Could this be where the term daddy's girl comes from? Anyways, he said that females realize that they can't get their father because he obviously belongs to another woman, which in turn makes them start the race of looking for other men who have the same thing she wants in her father. According to this theory, girls are more likely to be attracted to men with the same attributes and qualities as their father, even if their father wasn't always around abusive or had a terrible personality which is the reason why you hear some girls say why don't i ever fall in love with the good ones and would still friend zone good guys when she finds them because she is psychologically and sexually attracted to guys similar to her terrible father stage four is the latency stage which is between age eight to puberty is said to be when aggressive desires start to fade and both guys and girls start to seek social groups to see where they fit Stage 5 is the genital stage, which is said to be from puberty to the rest of someone's life. It is said to be when sexual desires return and people are extremely drawn to the opposite sex. Although it is very true that childhood and what you learn from your parents has a lot to do in shaping personalities, which made some of Sigmund's theory quite relevant. Some of his theories still sounded weird, sexist, and too attached to sexuality. Sigmund Freud used his psychotherapy method in curing some of his patients who had mental problems that mainstream medicine couldn't solve at the time, such as hysteria in women that caused partial paralysis, hallucinations, and so on. He used what he called free association, where patients say what firstly comes to their mind without any filter during their interactions. Dream analysis, where he analyzes and understands the dreams of his patients. 
He uses this method to draw out suppressed memories of his patients hidden in their unconscious mind, which could be forgotten painful memories, strong desires, fears, and so on, which sometimes improved his patients' conditions. His theories draw far beyond this explanation, but it would take numerous episodes to explain the depth of his theories and his beliefs, so you could try learning more yourself if it interests you. The final years of his life were filled with struggles and illness. He spent most of his life in Vienna, but it all changed when the Nazis took over Austria in 1938. He was being trolled by the Nazis and at a point all his books were burnt. It got so unbearable that he later left for England with his wife Martha and his daughter Anna through the help of a family friend. He suffered severely from mouth cancer since 1923 because of his heavy smoking and he went through several operations until his doctor said his tumor was inoperable. The pain became so much that on September 21, 1939, Fred asked his doctor to administer a fatal dose of morphine. He died on the morning of September 23, 1939 and his ashes were placed in an ancient Greek urn originally gifted to him by his friend Maria Bonaparte. So that's it on today's episode of History's Most Influential Humans. Kindly give this a thumbs up if you learned something because I sure did. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, follow me on my social media handles for more wonderful content. Like, comment and share. Until the next influential human. Peace.